Welcome to the General Knowledge Podcast. It is a big idea, a new world order. By the military industrial complex. Folks, it's uh, time now for the General Knowledge Podcast Season 3, Episode 21, and today I am joined by Ethan Nash from TOTTnews.com. Ethan, brother, how you going, man? Thanks for, for coming on the Sabi for another chat. Good to be here, General. Another Sunday afternoon uh, down in the uh, prison land of Australia, so <laughs> we look forward to sharing our, our tales and experiences with our uh, all out there with ears to listen, mate. That's it, brother. Yeah, and Andy will be coming on uh, a little bit later on the show. He's uh, uh, been flying, uh, flying around again. Had a few more lessons, or not lessons. I think he just gets up there by himself. I'm pretty sure. Uh, but he got he got grounded a little bit. Uh, oh, sorry, came down. Sorry, uh, and landed about quarter to four. So he's got to do a debrief, and he'll jump on, and he'll be joining us uh, hopefully within the next fifteen minutes or so on the way home. Um, Andy. Yeah, big Ando. Good bloke. He was trying to take off early this morning, but apparently there was fog, but uh, you know, I had a good sleep in for a change, so <laughs> I didn't even know it was foggy this morning. We <laughs> <laughs> all need a good sleep in every once in a while, General. Uh, it was good to cut loose. Actually, it was my nephew's birthday, so we sort of went and caught up with some family, and uh, I was on the fucking espresso martinis and the beers, and I, was, I had a few too many, so it was good. Um, don't get to do that very often, so... Oh, that's good. Yeah, got to cut loose once in a while. Hey, um, I wanted to just um, let you know as well, right? So obviously, because uh, you know you're the youngest of of, of us fellas, uh, no kids or anything. But you know, Andy's the eldest. Andy's got kids, and of course, I'm in the middle, and I've got young kids, and they're in high school now. And of course, uh, we were told during the lockdown because you know we had the lockdown, and it was then lifted, but two weeks of restrictions are in place, of course, as per usual, what they always fucking do. And these restrictions this time included mask wearing for students in school. Now, they haven't done this before in Australia. Not not that I'm aware of in, in Queensland, at least, anyway. Possibly, uh, possibly down south. Can you recall if they did this in New South Wales or Victoria? I didn't think they did, Ethan, but can you? do you know if they did? No, no, I can't recall off yeah. the top of my head. 
hearing that. I think I remember even Queensland like talking about how it was an extra measure, a part of our you know great lockdown strategies that we we like to boast about. Mm. But they never actually. They, this was the first, and, and I remember from previous lockdowns as well because you know we we just finished our fifth. I'm pretty sure. Or six, fuck, I can't remember. But anyway, they they always said, you know, kids never had to wear masks in school. They never had to wear masks on on school buses or you know that sort of stuff. It was it was always just the adults. It was never anyone, you know, kids twelve and under never had to wear masks when they were out. It was always only, only kids twelve and older. But this time it was like you said, you know, their their great plan for getting us out of the pandemic included for some reason kids now have to wear masks in school, and of course. Um, we know that they're coming for the kids because this this last so-called outbreak of bullshit, which happened uh, around uh, the school in the inner suburbs of Brisbane, known as Indrapilly, good old Indro Indro High School, and uh, they had some you know they had some cases there, and apparently so that was where that all kind of stemmed from. So yeah, it was a, a their way of I guess trying to push the not only the vaccine on onto the younger generation as well but to scare them into that panic of having to wear masks thinking it's necessary uh and then of course further down the line it'll be like oh look you know these vaccines are necessary for us too because you know look oh there's a case of a kid getting it oh look some kid somewhere died of it we better get our vaccines as well uh and we now know that they've approved uh, even even provisionally, they've approved, like what we talked about with Naomi Cook on the podcast as well, how they want to now use the Pfizer uh, vaccine on uh, par- uh, mothers that are pregnant, as well as giving them to kids. They've been approved now, I think, was it six months and older? I think they've uh, approved this for as well. So we know they're coming for the kids, and that's all part of it. But what I wanted to sort of bring to the table is, uh, I'm 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 really hoping that um, if there's any of my listeners out there with kids, that you guys are standing strong. And what I did because we, my wife and I knew this was coming up, Ethan. So the, the uh, obviously the Monday here in Brisbane was um, in Logan City, I should say, not in Brisbane, because they cancelled the Royal Brisbane Show, the exhibition again for the second year in a row, and it's like, and for the third time I think in its entire history, uh, they've cancelled the Royal Brisbane Show, known as the Ecker here in Brisbane. Of course, there was normally a public holiday on the Wednesday for it, which they cancelled the public holiday as well. Um, but the Logan, uh, the Logan Shire, the Logan area, which is just outside of Brisbane where we are, that holiday, the Monday, was still a, a public holiday, and we got to have that as a public holiday. They didn't bother changing it, um, so the kids had not only you know were they off the school for the week because of the, the lockdown. Um, then they had the Monday off as well. But that Monday, because they then said you know students had to then wear masks in school, my wife and I were like. Uh, fuck no, not happening. I'm going to email the principal. So I emailed the principal and CC'd every single one of their teachers and made it very clear that, in a very nice way, I um, just said that they they both both of my children both have a uh, medical exemption from wearing masks. They will not be wearing face coverings at all during school. Uh, and I would appreciate their accommodations in this matter and make sure that they're not excluded from anything. Um, and that's basically, I said, you know, thank them and I thank them kindly and ended the email yeah. there. It was very short and I sweet. I love it. Yep. Love had to be done. Yep. Had to be done, right? Comes Tuesday. So they, they, Tuesday, they're off to school. My wife drops them off on in the, uh, in the just to drop off soon. And of course, there is maybe one other kid that they saw go in the school without a mask. All the other ones were all masked up. Even before they even walked into the school, they're all masked up. Person at the gate there handing out masks, you know, making sure everyone's wearing their mask, blah, blah, blah. My kids, are, we've told them. If anyone says anything, 
Just say you have a medical exemption and the principal and your teachers have been notified. That's all you got to say. Um, yeah, because my, my, my son, he's all good. He's, he's like, you know, a bit more like his old man, kind of fuck the system, you know, like if anyone says to me, I'm just going to say no, you know, like, I'm like, no, no, don't say that. <laughs> don't, just say you've got a medical exemption. I like, just stick to the, stick to the line, mate. <laughs> but my daughter, on the other hand, you know, cause she was always worried about her friends going to be, you know, like, oh, they're all going to be wearing them. I'm going to be the only one. We're like, that's okay. Like, it's okay to be the one that stands out. You know what I mean? Like. Like, you see that, you know, that picture, that meme that you see, Ethan, with, like, all these people back in, like, the 40s, uh, you know, doing the, the in, in Germany, doing the Heil Hitler, the Nazi salute, and there's one guy with his arms crossed, and that says, you know, be this guy. You've seen yeah. that meme? Yeah. 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 I'm like, and I said, to, and I, when I messaged my daughter the day, because um, I went to work early, and I messaged her before she was going to start school, and I sent her a, this text message, I said, because, and she knows who this person is, and for anyone out there listening, I said, be Rosa Parks. I said, just go ahead with it, stand tall, don't wear the mask, don't feel any pressure, and go about your day. I said, you know, just be Rosa Parks. I mean, Ethan, you, you, I'm getting gathering. You know who Rosa Parks is? Yep, yep. Um, obviously, the famous black lady who was, you know, didn't sat wanna, on the bus. Yep, correct. Yeah. Went and sat on the bus, and even when they were told, you know, no, no Negroes on the bus and all that sort of stuff, and she just went and did it anyway, and just went, nah. I've had enough of this. I'm just going to stand up for my rights. I'm like, it's like, I'm like just, mm. just be her. Be that lady that just goes ahead and just does it. You know what I mean? It's like, we've, we've, we've told the principal. We've done all this. You know, I said, no one's going to do anything about it. You'll be fine. Um, and so she was a little bit wary. But yeah, when, once she was in there, she was fine. Um, and what they've made the kids do, uh, because they didn't, you know, they were sick of, well, they, they probably thought all the teachers will be reinforcing all the mask wearing bullshit in the schools. So... Any children who aren't wearing masks or who say they have a medical exemption, all they got to do is they go to the, the office, they get a little slip, they just put a little slip in their diary. So if a teacher comes by and says, oh, where's your mask? They can just go, look, oh, here's, here's my, I have a medical exemption. It doesn't actually say that. It just says, you know, I don't have to wear a mask. Basically, is what the little slip of paper says. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. and they're fine. They've been fine. And my... <laughs> My son's now recruiting other students <laughs> to do the same thing. He's got one of I his mates. It. Yeah, he's got one of his mates now. He's got, yep, got him. We've got him one. We're going to get some more. Yeah, so we're trying, trying to enlist all these mates to get the little the exemptions and stuff because he's told them, you're like, they, my parents just emailed and said, I have a medical exemption. That's all that they had to say. And so he, he knows how to get around it now. So he's encouraging his mates to do it. It's awesome. Yeah. I love it. That's really good. I was expecting some swerve there at the end, General. So uh, but it's a happy ending. It is, so yeah, it is so far. Yep. Which you know, that's that's really good, and it, and it's inspiring too. Like I was going to say, the first part's very inspiring. You know, I hope this is, as you said, I don't have children myself, but I'm I'm encouraging everyone out there that do have children. You know, I know if I did have children, I would be, you know, very. I'd probably be more fearful for their futures and and the world that's coming for them than myself. You know what I mean? Mm. And. I would be all over that type of stuff and I encourage people to do that and that's very inspiring, you know what I mean? Preparing for that stuff. We've known all of this is coming for a long time. We've spoken about this. Prepare for the last year, uh, you know, for all these things that are coming mm -hmm. and that's awesome, man. You know, stand your ground and now they don't have to wear these face nappies on their face every every day, you know what I mean? And it's and it, it's fantastic. That's yeah. a really good happy ending there yeah, I, want, I, I wanted to kick off the show with a, yeah like you said with a yeah. bit of good news and just to sort of put that out there just to let people know that that that's all you need to do so if anyone here is listening to this and they're a bit worried that their kid might get singled out or whatever it is you just need to do exactly what i just did send a nice email 
you know, just just state that they have a medical exemption from wearing a mask, and the school will deal with it in the whatever way they deal with it. You know, whether they take a, a slip of paper with them, you know, like put it in a diary, similar to what my school has done. But um, you know, I guess the school is really just worried about it. As long as all the kids are, you know, I guess complying, then uh, you know, if you if your kid is, you know, one of the, the one of our truth listeners out there that has has a child in school, you know, they don't want to be the the one singled out, but then just stick to your guns um, and you'll realize it'll all be okay. It's it's not going to make a, a big deal and uh, no one's going to make a big deal out of it. We told them, you know, we said to the kids, if if your friends start to say things, they're like, you know, how come you don't have to wear a mask? And just say, I have a medical exemption and, you know, uh, I don't I don't need to wear one. Um, that's all there is to it. You know, let's move that's on. I don't want to talk about it, you know, like... Um, that's it, man. And, and you think as well, especially in schools for any parents out there, there's so many... Uh, kids these days that do have medical problems, you know, and we've spoken about asthma, this. Asthma is chronic in schools, man. Yeah, every every kid's allergic to everything yeah. these days, you know, <laughs> by design, I believe, yeah, you know, yeah. but it's it, the schools are probably going to be the least likely to enforce this type of stuff because they haven't had to deal with it for the last year, a year and a half, you know, they haven't had to do any of that stuff. So, you know, I think that the parents just want to, I mean, the schools just want to keep the parents happy. But it's just this whole fear-mongering sort of thing. And as you said, General, once you get past that psychology and just do it, you know, I'm, I'm glad, case in point, you know, your story validates that it works, mate. Yeah, exactly. And we noticed too, when we, that afternoon when we picked them up, um, you know, there was like almost every kid we saw was still wearing the mask after school. And we're like, oh, that's a bit disappointing. By the time sort of, sort of Thursday rolled around, so after about three days of the kids having to do this, uh, we noticed more and more of them as soon as they're out of the gates. Like probably half the kids we noticed walking past us, they had it off straight away. They like, couldn't wait to take that fucking thing off their face. You know what I mean? Like it was, it's the novelty wore off very quickly after like one day of having to wear this fucking thing all day in school. Uh, more and more of them couldn't wait to take it off their face, you know? Yeah, that's it, mate. That's it. I, I think it's it's hard enough from what I've seen trying to keep kids just to do normal stuff, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. trying to get them to keep face masks on uh, it's absolute lunacy what's going on yeah. in this state and around the country. Yeah, it really is. And as we all know, it's it's not based in science or fact or anything too. All this mask wearing, you know, it's good for you and it's going to protect you, all that sort of shit. It's all full of shit. Yeah. Um, I've got another thing to add to that, but just before I do, Andy has um, has joined in the conversation. He's, uh, hey boys. he's present How are you? and accounted for. Good, mate. How's things, brother? <laughs> i just come down from the clouds, man. Hey! <laughs> Yeah, 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 Wait, is that a, is that a euphemism for were you were you like smoking weed or something? <laughs> no, I wasn't smoking weed today. That was other days. Like, um, yeah, no, I was flying. So, uh, yeah. awesome. I was out. I was out over uh, Boomba today, like um, scaring some cattle, doing practice force landings and stuff. Oh, cool. So, well, like yeah, in like yeah, paddocks yeah. or something, or. Yeah, yeah, you sort of got to, you know, bring the airplane low and simulate like a, you know, engine failure. Oh, yeah. Nice. Scattered some cows. At least you didn't end up with a bovine on your lap, mate. You'd be right. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, I was just listening, yeah, I was just, just listening to your conversation about mm. the schools. Yeah, because I... I, and I um, can't imagine it. Yeah. I know you just joined in the conversation, but yeah, I just wanted to let you know, like I started off the conversation with a bit of good news, you know, I just wanted to let reinforce the, the fact that parents out there, you know, you, just because they say that your kids have to wear a mask in school, of course, it doesn't mean they've got to wear a mask in school. Um, and all I did was I just sent a nice email um, direct and to the point to the principal and all the teachers that the kids have 
to reiterate the fact that they are medically exempt from wearing face masks or face coverings and to not be excluded and to accommodate them in this matter. And that was it. And um, yeah, so all they did, Andy, was uh, when they went to school, they got a little slip to from the office to put in their um, in their diary. So if anyone asks, like any teacher that asks, because all the teachers are actively asking students, where's your mask? Why isn't your mask on? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, and they just show them a little slip from the office that says they don't have to wear it and they're good to go. So uh, a little bit... start something. Yeah, a little bit yeah, of a little bit of the. Um, oh well, I hope so. Oh, well, that's what you missed that part of the conversation. My my son is actively recruiting his mates to do the same thing, which is good. <laughs> <laughs> he's got one. He's got one so far, and he's working on about two others. I think that he knows of uh, quite well. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, some of these cool, kids, man. you know, yeah. when you're when you're that age, too, guys. I mean, a lot of kids are going through puberty, and they've got you know pimples and acne on their face. You know, and one of my son's mates has quite bad acne. Um, so wearing a face mask all day for this poor kid is just horrendously bad for his skin. Like his, his skin is bad as it is, but when he's in a face mask for too long, it makes it like super red and like agitated and sore. Like if anyone, like he legitimately has a a full legitimate reason for not having to wear this fucking thing on his face, you know, but, um, yeah, it's just a matter of, we wanted to reinforce the fact that look, you know, stick to your guns. Don't don't be afraid to be the only one in your class not wearing one. Like that, that's a good thing. If you're if you're the only one that's that's there not wearing it, then I, I know other kids are going to be jealous of you not wearing it. You know what I mean? Because they don't want to wear these fucking things in their face. Most of them. Uh, that was basically the gist of it, anyway. Yeah. Um, now, what yeah. I wanted to add yeah. to that too, boys, was that um, I saved uh, a video too. Let me make a note. I'm gonna fucking find a way to put this in the show notes. Um, I do listen to the High Wire, and Del Bigtree had um, a video of when he did uh, like a little mask simulation with his son, and he bought himself a CO2, a carbon dioxide measuring little apparatus, so a little pipe attached to a little monitor, and uh, he said, you know, put the mask on his son, just a standard sort of cloth, not, not cloth one, like the paper, you know, one, the disposable ones, and he's put on his son... And he said, yeah, just, just breathe normally for a little while and we'll measure the carbon dioxide levels. And before he did that, though, he sort of said, well, you know, according to OSHA, which is like their ver- the America's version of the workplace health and safety, uh, he went over what, you know, like the, the, the acceptable limits are for carbon dioxide exposure. And I think he said it was about 400 parts per million uh, is the current background amount that you would have in the atmosphere like right now we're all breathing the same amount which is about 400 parts per million of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere which is 100 percent acceptable um then it goes it sort of was between that and about i think it was about 2000 parts per million it start you can suffer things like you might get some like lack of concentration a bit of brain fog you might get a headache you know from too much bit too much carbon dioxide exposure and then between like 2000 to about 5000 um you know it, it a lot more severe things like hypoxia can happen and you know we're not getting enough oxygen it's more carbon dioxide than oxygen all that sort of stuff and you can you might pass out or that sort of stuff you know it's quite quite bad for your health you know anything above 5000 it's like you know alarm bells ringing you know like you need you need to get out of that environment if you're breathing anything around 5000 parts per million or more you you you're at serious health risk right according to their health and safety standards in America so he put this little device, he put the, the, the face nappy on his son, and his son was willing to do it, you know, didn't didn't kick up a stink. He's like, yeah, Dad, I'll help you do this, you know. Put the little device inside and said, yep, just breathe normally. It took 
boys, it took, I don't know if you've seen this, it took 45 seconds for that device to be off the charts. It could not register any more than, because it, it was over 15,000 parts per million. And it couldn't, and it couldn't register anymore. It, it just, the, the machine just turned off because it was like, we've hit the peak. And that was after 45 seconds. They want our fucking kids to wear these masks for like six hours or whatever during school. No goddamn fucking way are my kids going to be exposed to that shit. It is so unsafe. It is really, really detrimental to their health. It is not protecting anyone from anything. Um, and as we've been told, boys, you know, it's they've even, uh, I think it was Kerry, Kerry Chant got busted saying on um, uh, one of the press conferences, or might have been Gladys Berejiklian or whoever, uh, that it's not about health, it's, uh, it's about compliance. That's all it's about. It's just about compliance. So do you boys remember uh, Andy? Do you remember hearing uh, that, that being yeah. being said? Yeah, I, rem- I remember her saying about that. Yeah, yeah. But isn't that amazing? Forty-five seconds, and this thing was reading off the charts of too much exposure to carbon dioxide. Do you think it's a, like something to actually like, like put, you know, unwell-being in the in the community? Do you think it's actually like that they've thought that through, or do you think it's more like a compliance thing? Uh, I think it's a multifaceted thing. Uh, it's definitely about compliance, um, that whole virtue signaling thing. Like you know, it, you're identifying, you're yeah. then identifying people that aren't going along with the narrative, most likely, and all the rest who are. You know, um, it's it's. I think there's another facet to it where I think it's, it, you know, someone wearing a mask all day, every day, all the time. You, you're going to start to feel unwell. I don't know how long it could take, depending on your, I guess, your own health and well-being. But if you're a generally kind of unwell kind of person on a normal day, and you're wearing masks all the time, then you're going to start to feel unwell. That much exposure to carbon dioxide is going to start to make things going wrong in your body, and you're going to start to present with symptoms of illness. Um, and that could start to then, you know, then they'll they'll say, oh, well, you need to go and get tested, or you, you know, you you could be, you're going to be sick. You, and in, you'll probably end up getting forced to take a, a PCR test that is, um, you know, not not meant to, to do to diagnose what you've got anyway and you'll probably come up with another case and you know you're going to add to the whole mess as it is and i think that's part of it as well it's designed to help drive those numbers up in fact and not prevent people from getting sick at all that's not what it's about totally yeah uh, ethan what do you yeah, reckon well, yeah no i agree boys and and this is when we look at it, you know, from day one, I remember, I believe it was March 15th of last year, a couple of days after it was declared a pandemic, I said in an article, it was titled uh, COVID-19 Engineering Mass Compliance. And we've said from day one on this podcast, this is what, it, you know, a large part of it is. It's all about compliance, submission to this uh, brave new world order system yep. that's emerging. You know, we know that the the mask is a symbol of, you know, a cult uh, submission to the the person that makes the mask, the person that's directing you to wear the mask. This is textbook. We know that this is um, how things work, and you can see that it's it's inverted. This isn't about health. It's actually hurting people more. This is just another example, which is fascinating. I hadn't seen that uh, element uh, in general about the uh, CO2 levels. Mm. But as you can see, people, not just children, but people are wearing these things uh, on their faces all day every day and it's making people sicker and sicker 
And, you know, the Epsilon agenda is so complex and vast, but it's all about more sick people, more people that are dependent on pharmacological methods to get by and, and in control from this pharmacological dictatorship that's emerging. And we can see that, you know, it's, it's not about health. The messaging is always inverted, you know, keeping to, keeping apart to stay together, together yeah. you know like all this type of stuff it's it's all inverted um symbolism and it's not about health it's actually anti-health as we can see yeah absolutely and you're right it's it, people look if you're not really watching for it if you don't quite understand you know i think ethan's written about that in previous articles um you know in the months prior to to today on tottnews.com with regards to what he's just spoken about then but you, you've got to look for it you, there there is that clear um element of symbolism and that kind of uh inverted messaging it's all over the place every time you see you know, ads on tv with regards to you know just going you know it's, it's it's our shot to do this it's our shot to get this it's our shot to put the community yeah, they're talking about it's our shot you know like this uh, again, and if you look closely at those at that that advertising of um, uh, for the you know for the COVID vaccines, you know it's full of that same sort of inverted messaging. And uh, when you really look, break it down, and look at what they're trying to say and what the actual message is, it it comes across quite differently rather than what they're putting out to the public. But most people just aren't kind of awake to see it, Ethan. It's a bit hard to kind of get them switched onto it. Yeah, that's it, mate. And and as as you perfectly put it, it's a it's a multi layered thing, you know. And we do this when we cover various topics and stuff on the website. You can alert people to the governmental side of things and et cetera, et cetera. But there's this very deeper element of it, which is, um, you know, very esoteric in nature where all of these people are putting masks on their face all over the world in the name of health to protect you against a virus when we know we've seen so many studies that say this isn't the case that they don't protect you if there was a virus out there which is even questionable questionable to begin with and now they want to put this um, on our children which as you said general they're developing a lot of them have acne a lot of them now have problems just in general with breathing and asthma so it's it's completely inverted and it's not about health um, at all but as we've seen with the previous uh, terrorism era which is funnily coming to an end now the taliban is just going to be another country in <laughs> afghanistan now you know diplomats in international affairs but as we saw in that last uh era of terrorism you know they they clamped down more of the surveillance on us in the name of safety and security and it's all just inverted the whole time now it's about health it's not about health and it wasn't about safety and security then yeah. you know these are known liars and we shouldn't trust them by uh putting this symbol on our face yeah and they do they they do deliver those little nuggets of information uh inadvertently or maybe they uh maybe it's more to do with like what john hamer says with a bit of that revelation of the method um when they do let these little things slip in the public when they talk about oh it's not about uh, health it's about compliance you know <laughs> sometimes i don't yeah. think they mean to let that slip but uh, maybe maybe it's in there intentionally I, who really knows i'm not too sure <laughs> yeah some freudian tactics going on there Possibly, general very much yeah, yeah. Uh, and that, look, that kind of brings us to what I kind of wanted to talk about uh, with this. The main one of the sort of the main focuses for this episode was I really wanted to kind of reiterate. And I know we've done it before on, on, in bits and pieces, but I kind of I, I wanted to reiterate that whole position that we have that that there is no virus, there is no SARS-CoV-2, there is no COVID-19 as a result of this SARS-CoV-2. Um, it doesn't exist. It's not real. Um, 
a lot more things have, I guess, been coming to light. And we kind of talked about this in the past. And I've, you know, put up a, an article on Real News Australia with regards to it, how there was a bombshell admission from uh, Dr. Wu Zanyu from the Chinese CDC when he openly states they never isolated the virus. That's the issue. Those are his words. Um, you know, so it, it keeps, you've got to keep coming back to this, this point. Um, what does that say? Yeah, you've just, okay. Sorry, I was just reading a message in. Um, Not a good multitasker, General. <laughs> who, me or you? <laughs> <laughs> you, mate. Okay. We've got to chat for a reason. I know. No, nah, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm like, what, what's going on here? But, uh, see, now it's just come up on my screen. <laughs> Uh, it came up on my phone first. That's why it distracted me. I saw this thing come up. Um, only one way. Okay, cool. Sorry, I lost my train of thought there. But anyway, I wanted to reiterate for the show that, um, yeah, the, the, there is no virus. It's not real. And there's a lot more things that have come to light lately that's kind of reiterating that point. Um, one thing I wanted to mention before we sort of get into uh, some of the things that you've written just recently on tottnews.com, but... Uh, gentlemen, I think uh, Lisa, our last guest on the show, uh, Lisa Weckett, she sent us a little recording. Um, it's a little bit hard to determine just which lab or which department this lady, this, this phone call takes place. So what it is, folks, and again, I will make a note of that now. I'll try and add this, this audio clip into the show so people can have a listen to what I'm referring to. Uh, but uh, there was a recording of a lady calling up uh, a lab and... She asks the lady on the phone, I guess she's more of the, the reception of the per- first person that takes the call. She says, you know, how do, how do you guys differentiate between the standard SARS-CoV-2 and these other variants like the Delta variant? You know, and the lady on the phone immediately pretty much tells her straight out that, oh, oh we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't do that. And then she's like, oh, let me put you through to someone in the lab. They might be able to explain it to you better. So she poses the same question to the person who she, who she gets put through to and is immediately met with the exact same response. We don't. We don't differentiate between the two. So this lady's like, well, you know, like, so how, how are you giving these numbers of Delta variants and stuff? You know, how is the, how is the government coming out with these numbers of Delta variant cases um, when you guys can't? tell the difference between the two you know and they can't they can't provide an answer to that um you know andy i think i sent it to both you yourself and uh ethan as well but you 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 would have played that little phone message andy did you hear that one you still there you're on mute andy you might be driving ethan i'll cross over to you instead then uh, yeah, General, what was the question? Sorry. Yeah, so did you listen to that uh, audio recording um, yourself from that Lisa sent through to us with regards to the lady, um, you know, questioning the lab and about the Delta variant and how they, they can't they can't differentiate between the two of them? No, I didn't, but it doesn't surprise me, General. Right, well, I'll, I'll put that in the show notes as well. I can probably just flick that to you now. So next time you um, you're only goes like a minute or so, but next time you're on you're on, on mute, I'll um give you an opportunity to have a quick listen to it as well. Now, it just blows me away because this, again, you've got these government departments and, and government labs, and they're flat out telling you that they have no uh, no way to tell the difference between 
SARS-CoV-2 and the Delta variant, you know what I mean? So it just adds more weight to the fact that this thing uh, doesn't exist. Um, okay, so am I, yeah, it's quite loud. I might be able to play it right now. Uh, see if this works. It, here's, it might work for you guys. Here we go. Oh yeah, hi Helen. Um, I'm just wondering if you can tell me um, what tests you are using to distinguish between the normal COVID and the Delta variant? Okay, so you're the clinic that I've um, um, been given the number for from the uh, Australian Health um, Government site, and they said you're doing most of the testing around Australia with your various things. So you're using the standard PCR test to test for um, both well, the COVID and Delta. I'm through to our lab. Just one moment. They might be able to explain that in Just one moment. Thank you. So she puts her on hold for a sec. Can you guys hear that all right? Yeah. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Hi, Barbara. Um, yeah, just wondering, um, so that is to test people with either COVID or the Delta variant, is that right? That's correct. So how do you distinguish between the two? Like, how do you distinguish okay. this? You don't. So if you don't, then how are the government getting the statistics that, you know, there's so many Delta variants breaking out in Sydney or Queensland, that sort of thing? You would have to ask them. I'm not sure how they're doing that. Right. Okay. Thanks very much. <laughs> there you go. So... Yeah, just I'll just yeah, like there's wow. these everyday people that call up these labs, you know, and they put the question to them. So how are the government getting these these Delta variant numbers when you don't differentiate between the two of them on these tests? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, 100% general. And there you go. They just admit it. Now, another thing that we spoke about last time on Lisa's show, every time you call up, well, I don't know the answer. I don't know this. You know, I don't know that. We don't do this as all conflicting stories and we all know that it's just this big spider web mate but that's that's unbelievable right yeah. there because we've been saying that how are they identifying a, a delta strain when they haven't even you know developed a test for it exactly andy what do you make of that brother yeah it's a great it's a it's a great audio hey mm. i mean <laughs> I, I wish i thought of it myself in fact actually we might do a few like audio calls during the week actually some different things like that but um but yeah, look, you know, the whole the, the whole scamdemic is actually like slowly, painfully slowly. It is it is unraveling, you know. So, um, it just amazes me people still still can't see it after like a year and a half. But anyway, mm. now so, I wanted yeah, to great great audio. It yeah. is, isn't it? I wanted to bring up as well, boys. So um, the I got if anyone knows. Uh, follows me on Facebook and stuff, uh, all the Real News Australia Facebook page. Uh, been a bit quiet over the last seven days because I, of course, received another suspension. Um, and that was purely because I shared a screenshot and a link to... Where is it? I've got it just here. Okay, so there's a website called righttoknow.org.au, which is like your freedom of information stuff. And a lady by the name of Holly... She put in a freedom of information request 
to the Australian Government Department of Health. And she says uh, she wants documents held within the Department of Health that show the evidence of the isolation of this. Hey, Andy, just put yourself on mute for a sec. Yeah, sorry. It's just a background noise, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, so I'll just reiterate that. So doc, she wants she wants documents held within the Department of Health that show the evidence of the isolation of the SARS-CoV-2 virus. To eliminate the possibility of contamination, I ask that these documents show the virus has been isolated from only the sample of a symptomatic COVID-19 patient, where it was not first combined with any other source of genetic material, not limited to but by way of example, monkey kidney cells or vero cells or liver cancer cells, right? That was what she requested. Now, it says the Freedom of Information decision. It says, uh, I am authorized under subsection 23, number one of the act to make decisions in relation to freedom of information requests. I am writing to notify you of my decision in response to your request. Appropriate steps have been taken to find the documents referred to in your request, including consultation with relevant departmental officers. I am satisfied on the basis of consultation undertaken that the department does not hold any documents referred in your request. There you go. I cannot provide access to the documents you requested. So that right there is the result of a freedom of, um, freedom of information request to the, our government. And there's, I've also got um, screen captures of ones from the TGA as well. But again, they also say that they consult other various departments in that letter as well. Um, yeah doesn't exist they do not have any paperwork any documentation whatsoever that they have an isolation of SARS-CoV-2 virus um Ethan I might just cross to you first like again this is just another admission and that's just one here one example of one in Australia and I'll, I've got another thing I want to cross to in a minute uh, to elaborate on that particular topic as well but what do you what do you make of that Ethan first, straight off the bat yeah, General, I was um, a bit disappointed Facebook removed it completely. <laughs> you know. a, it's a government link. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to uh, go through and have a look at, um, you know, because you can read the fact check articles to see what their counter argument to, to it was. I remember it was up there, but I couldn't find it when we were doing the pre-show today. So I don't know how to speak on the actual content itself. Um, but, you know, you should be able to be able to post whatever you want on Facebook, mate, you know, regardless of what they think of it. And it's it's completely ridiculous. Mm. It just uh, kind of blows me away. You know, again, it's that sort of censorship of actual factual information and go own government departmental links. You know what I mean? Um, now, I do want to elaborate a little bit further with regards to this particular letter that they received from the government. Right. So. Uh. Further along, it says additional information. This is on the page three of the link I've just sent both you boys. Uh, so it says, while the department does not hold the documents you have requested, I can provide the following information outside of the act, which I trust will be of assistance to you. It says the Medical Journal of Australia, the MGA, M sorry, MJA, has published a paper on the isolation of SARS-CoV-2. Uh, this paper describes the process of the inoculation of Vero H-SLAM cells from a nasal pharyngeal swab, which led to the isolation of the SARS-CoV-2 virus in culture. The paper is available here. Now, I've asked... Um, uh, uh, Andy may have seen this in the chat thread, but uh, our friend Claire... Um, yeah, Claire's like a PhD scientist. She's 
got a PhD in, in dietitian and all sorts of stuff, but she's worked in clinical settings. She's, she knows how to read these papers. She knows all the terminology. Um, she's even done PCR testing for herself. You know, we've had her on, um, on the bonus show and stuff talking about that sort of thing. So if you want to get onto that one, head over to Patreon to sign up for the bonus show, listen to that show. But what I, what I wanted to just point out there. So the lady in the, in the freedom of information request, she, she says she doesn't want it um, an isolation. She only wants a clear, basically, isolation. She doesn't want the, this proven isolation to be mixed with any other genetic material, like Vero cells or monkey kidney cells. And in that, at the bottom there, where it tells them to go and look up this Medical Journal of Australia link, they clearly say that they've done it via mixing it with Vero cells. So they don't have a clear isolation of this thing. Um, and I even asked my friend, I said, can you go into that a little bit more detail um, and try and ex- explain to me you know, what they've done to get this isolation? Uh, and she has. And they, they show, they've got a little chart in there that shows you know, patient zero, I guess you want to call them, from the Australian, uh, the first case in Australia, right? Um, so it says, and they use... Uh, funnily enough, they use the PCR test to get their isolation as well. Not even like any other sort of like electron microscope or any other sort of system they could use to try and identify this thing by itself. They used a PCR test to, to verify that they had this SARS-CoV-2, which again, we all know, doesn't hold water because you can't use PCR tests for diagnostics at all. And it says on it, it says SARS-CoV-2 was quantified by real-time RT-PCR. The cycle threshold count is shown for each. Now, it, we've we've probably talked we've talked about the cycle threshold as well with regards to PCR testing before on this podcast. But most people will probably be familiar with now that um, cycling at the cycle threshold or CT has to be below t- below 25 um, between zero or well, between zero to 25 cycles. Um, if it's anything outside of that, it starts. You start to sh- see things that just aren't there, that don't exist, or shouldn't be there. Not shouldn't be there, but you, you can basically magnify it that many times and find anything in anything. And that's what Carrie Mullis he himself, the guy who invented it, says before he died. You could you could use the PCR test to find anything in anything, um, but they use that. They use the PCR test at just over thirty cycles, and then again they use it. Just uh, nearly at, at nearly sorry uh, at thirty cycles and then nearly forty cycles. They did three PCR tests. The last time they did it was at nearly forty cycles. So there you go. For the first clinical case in Australia where they say they isolated it, they ran the fucking thing at nearly forty cycles to get their positive result. So again, based on fraud, based on nothing, it doesn't exist. They still can't prove it exists. And they had to mix the damn thing with Vero cells, which I'm told are like a kidney or some sort of kidney monkey cells or some shit um still it's not it's not a pure isolation of this thing it doesn't exist now again i wanted to reiterate that point for people out there once again the government can't provide any documentation funnily enough though they can't provide documentation for it but then they go and send her a link to a to a study um doesn't make sense to me uh yeah so there you go boys once again uh, the government pointing people in the, in certain directions to go and find this information. And when you actually, you know, I, I've, I, I myself aren't the best at obviously reading these, this kind of medical data. So I had Claire break it down for me. And that's basically what she said as well. And I said to her, 
So the bitch, they isolated this thing using PCR. And since when she she read the study, she looked at the whole study and she found that screenshot for me and, and sent it through and said, yep, there you go. Ran it at nearly 40 cycles. So basically they're finding jack shit inside these things. Yeah, it can find anything in anything. Uh, Andy, I, I, just, I might just throw to you first. <laughs> um, there you go. So a little bit more information with regards to that freedom of, freedom of information request, pointing the person to a medical journal in Australia um, with basically a, a, a dodgy, a dodgy uh, study. What do you make of that? It's unreal, it's unreal isn't it? <laughs> I, it just surprises to me that more, more you know, whistleblowers like haven't really come out. And in fact, actually, why don't we put a call out to whistleblowers in the medical community that can actually maybe come on the show? Yeah, something, and something, we'll keep them anonymous. You know, we'll, I'm happy to do that too. We won't say their name on the air. We'll have to. They'll have to verify who they are with us, of course, um, provide some evidence of who they are and where they work, and we'll keep that anonymous. Yeah, yeah, because, like, you know, that's how that's how we crack this thing. If we get, like, knowledgeable um, people who, who when, they, when they talk, it's obviously, obvious that they're part of the medical community to anonymously, because we realise that, you know, they'll be absolutely smashed to bits if they're, if they're not anonymous with um, coming on a show. But, like... Let's get a few of these people on because you know, like that's how we, that's how we break down the fraud with with getting that sort of like um, those sort of people on to, you know, expose this absolute crap, you know, um, because how how can any honest person in that field like keep on doing this knowing what they're doing? Mm. Simply, there's a lot of fear out there, you know, and um, people people obviously feel that they haven't got any choice. Yeah, exactly. Um, they do. Just, uh, well, well, they of course they do. You know, they just have to be a little, just a little bit courageous and come out and start exposing the this absolute BS. Um, because you know, like if we keep on going, like where's it all going to lead to? Um, surely, surely they have those thoughts running around in their heads. So, so yeah, and also police officers too. I really want to. Um, you know, like talk talk to some police officers on the show, and get their opinion about where it's all going, how the how the police services are. Um, you know, what, what's the what's the talk on the street within their own police community about where they're going with policing this whole COVID scam? Because um, I'm I'm absolutely disgusted here in Queensland with the QPS in Queensland, the the ease to which you can report a COVID crime either on the web or over the phone um, with the Queensland Police Service is just outrageous. You know, they've got websites dedicated for reporting a, a COVID breach, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and, of course, they get inundated. They're absolutely inundated. Like, so our police, our police forces, men and women, must be sick to death of bloody answering calls about freaking masks. And their neighbours not wearing a mask while they're swimming in their pool, for God's sake! Like you know, like enough, enough is enough. And and I really, really want to hear from some, you know, like those two groups in the medical community and in the policing community, you know, that want to come out and maybe have a bit of a vent, um, you know, about what's going on in their in their in their particular industries, general. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you you hear that uh, a lot of the time. Uh, that you know 
the when people kind of confront the police and they you hear it in like the little videos or that people pop up on social media, you know, they're always like the cop always seems to respond with, you know, I'm like I'm just doing my job, you know, and they I'm just doing my job. They always just say that. You know? Well so so were the Nazis, you know, like or whoever. Whatever tyrant throughout history is oppressing people, you know, whoever with the the manpower behind it, they were just doing their job as well, you know, like um yeah comes to the time where they're not yeah you they need to kind of face facts and realize you know they are allowed to think for themselves these people and do the right thing instead of just doing your job you know like fuck me draw a line people um but just with i wanted to just bring it back to boys so with regards to that freedom of information request there there's now a compilation of over 40 of these from different countries 40 different countries around the world where these freedom of information requests have been made to governments and health departments in 40 different countries around the world and not one of them yet has been able to provide the information requested in those freedom of information requests asking for an isolation of SARS-CoV-2 virus not one in any of these countries have they been able to provide evidence that it exists so how many more times do we have to say it? You know, it's not that we we think it's a hoax and we think it's a scam and lots of stuff. It's provable. It is a provable hoax. It is a provable. The biggest lie in human history is being pushed onto the people around the world in our time right now. And it, it kind of just sometimes it just feels like that. There's only the three of us that are that are that see that. And I know there's not. And I know we get a lot of emails and comments and stuff from people who are also awake to the scam and stuff. But it, it still, I still feel like we're. I still feel alone in this, boys. Like I feel like there's not enough people who seem to know about this. You know, um, that's why I can. I, every time this kind of comes up, I want to. I want to keep reiterating that point. You know, all of these things that they're doing to us are based on nothing. To the point now. You now. Did you guys are you familiar with the um, the gentleman in the in the Canada name as Patrick King? Uh, does that name ring a bell with you, Ethan? Yeah, mate, it does. Yep. Yep. And Andy, did you hear of this gentleman by the name of Patrick King? You call him an activist, I guess. Yeah, but... I've heard of him. Yep. I've seen, so his, seen his videos. Yes. Okay. So you guys are familiar with it too. I'll put a link in the show notes as well. So again, Patrick was he's a Canadian. He, same thing. Um, got a ticket for twelve hundred dollars for activism on a street corner during the lockdown in Canada and for breaking you know the, the COVID restrictions. So he challenged it in court. He said, "I'm going to opt. I'm going to challenge this." And went to uh, went to the court in Alberta, and he was representing himself. So the judge, uh, you know, the magistrates have to then, of course, help out the the plaintiff in those sort of matters. And he basically, the judge said to him, "Do you want? Do you wish to subpoena?" the health uh the health minister i can't remember the person's name he was like yes i, I want to subpoena the health minister because i want documentation that all of their restrictions that they are, they're putting me on uh are based on on the fact that they can prove to me that this thing exists and uh lo- long story short um again it went to it it went into court and uh they had to come out and say that they, in a court on the record, that they they weren't able to provide any documentation, uh, any evidence to to that point that Mr. King had requested. Um, and he he says in the video, which I'll put in the links as well, that um, yeah, the, the court recorder and the stenographer's jaws nearly hit the floor. You know, when they had this revelation that they can't provide any evidence. This is you know Health Canada talking, and 
yeah, another amazing revelation. Again, Canada is, of course, one of the 40 countries where they still can't prove that this thing ex- even exists uh, to this day. So once again, more proof, uh, people around the world. But the best thing that I guess came out of this thing is that he kind of taught people, look, if you get one of these fines, um, you know, op- take it to court and, and tell them that you want evidence um, that they can prove this thing exists. And therefore, that's the reason why they're making you pay this fine or making you wear a mask or whatever. And if they can prove that they've got that evidence, then yeah, I'll, I'll pay the fine. Here, here's my money. Take it. I'll, and I'll wear the mask. I'll do whatever you're telling me to do because you've proven to me it exists. Um, so that's, he kind of set the standard, I guess, in Australia, oh, sorry, in, in Canada. And he says, you know, he's kind of teaching people around the world now that this is what you need to try and do. You need to get up there and get in the court, get it on the record that they can't provide any evidence that this thing exists, not just in freedom of information requests, because we've now got many of those. There's, like I just I talked about before, I've got them in the show notes for people to link to and have a look at right now uh, for here in Australia. But it needs to go further than that. It needs to be on the record in courts. And then from there, you can probably go, I guess, maybe even further and start to then challenge this thing even higher. And say, well, if you can't provide this any evidence that this thing exists, well, we're going to start doing class actions against the government. You know, like, um, and this this needs to end. You can, you've got no basis for the lockdown. You've got no basis for the mask wearings and restrictions and social distancing and all the shit that's going along with this. None of it has any basis. And that's you know that's a good thing. It needs to be needs to be pointed out even more so. Um, now, Ethan, I wanted you to go through this uh, article you've put up. On, I think it was uh, the 11th, so about four days ago, over at TOTT News there. Um, I've just got that up on my screen just now. New South Wales Health Minister refuses to make COVID-19 advice public. Um, now, this is just sort of, I guess, more to the point where we're talking about where, you know, people... Uh, our, our governments, are not only do they... they kind of hide information and, and don't or they don't have information but you know when they're called out and they're told you know we want to see this what what you're doing to us and provide the evidence blah 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 they just they cover it up they they refuse you know and these are the people that are running the show oh no we, we're not going to show you that information or you know it just it blows me away uh ethan can you just just take the listeners through this this piece you've got here mate yeah, General, I'll uh, briefly touch on it. I'm sure everyone's probably uh, aware of by now at the time of recording this um, about this story. It's been making um, you know quite a bit of waves everywhere, especially in lockdown New South Wales, where mm. they're going even worse now, even harder restrictions, another 500 troops on the streets. It's just getting worse down there with their new announcements. Um, but their so-called health ministers are just not being accountable or causing a fuss, and, and it's really exposing you know, some of the characters that are at play here um, behind the scenes. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar. Tuesday this week, there was a, a parliamentary committee inquiry where um, Brad Hazard and Kerry Chant were called to come to, before a parliamentary inquiry just to be questioned over the handling of lockdown measures. Um, the Greens uh, Senator David Shoebridge was actually the one that was pushing for this, um, you know, to to get that in, and then they finally got them in for what he said was an hour and a half. But Brad Hazard was very adamant that he only agreed to an hour, and the reason I bring that up is because it's all to do with his attitude has made uh, the rounds this week mm. in regards to what's happened in this. Uh, inquiry and there's two new videos um, on the TOTT News YouTube channel. I was watching this. I put it up on the Wednesday and the Thursday, 
um, the couple of days after. It was a three-hour um, committee, so you had to seep, seep through a lot of it. Um, but I'm glad now a lot of other people have picked up these videos and are even exploring other videos that Brad Hazard has done in the past where he's just acted like an absolute pork chop. And he even says that in uh, one of his videos to someone. So I, I use that as a little pun there. But essentially, they're called before the, the committee and they're at first they're asked uh, when was the, the advice first given uh, to the New South Wales Health uh, to lock down the state and then Brad avoids that and says, well, it's not that easy, you know, we can't, we're talking all day, we, we don't really know the dates. And then she says, well, fine, if you don't know the dates, can you provide to us uh, the escalating issues, the, the evidence, the documents that um, lead to the decision-making? And, and during this, the, the question is addressed to Dr Cherry Kant, um, she just sits there with her head down like a sad puppy while Brad Hazard comes in and says, no, you're questioning Dr. Chan's health advice and that's not appropriate. Um, you know, th this is wrong. Your question's wrong and it's stupid. We won't be providing any documents because we're giving you the evidence. And she says, well, another MP says, well, to be respectful, we're not trying to catch you out. We're not trying to do anything. We just want to know these things. Um, we just and, and he said, no, this is wrong and just really uh, kicked up a storm. And she says, well, we've seen the press conferences. We know the numbers because this is all that the uh, that Brad Hazard was doing was just referring this this script that we see, you know, cases in this and then a cluster in this. And this is what led to lockdown. And, but when asked for the actual evidence, she says, we've seen you at the press conferences admirably doing this. We've, we're very familiar with the story. Can you provide the proof? And they just kick up a fuss. He says, well, if you've got any further questions, you can refer them to the Premier. And um, it's really started to make waves since then for uh, Brad the health hazard in some of his <laughs> uh, <laughs> some of his behaviours. And this is not new for Brad Hazard. He's, a, he's, been, a, he's been a bit of a stubborn sort of rude arrogant individual those are nice words to describe some of his behavior towards other people over the last couple of years especially um you know within this coronavirus pandemic and and once again he just shows his arrogant attitude mr new world order himself mm. and a lot of people aren't impressed with this you know and and it's it's uh it's very interesting to see and i thought people would find that very topical obviously i think that you know, geopolitical uh, spheres are all just a, a big uh, Hollywood movie script, you know, and he's playing a role to deliver this. But at the end of the day, whether you believe that or you're, you're concerned about what's happening within their parliamentary inquiries and you want these people to provide documents, either way, they're showing you their character. They're showing you that they don't care about any questioning. Thou shall not question. And that's what we've seen throughout the coronavirus pandemic. But the big scoop was that they wouldn't provide uh, the documents to back up these narratives that they say every day. And this is important because just a few days before then, uh, Dan Andrews had to admit that the uh, COVID fake poo sewerage story that he locked millions of regional Victorians in, uh, the, the data wasn't there. The actual uh, regional minister said, well, no, no, that's not the case. These tests aren't what he says, and, and, and it's a false lockdown. So people wanted the, the evidence for this because they know that these characters are shady and don't have their best interests at heart. But New South Wales going through these lockdowns, uh, they weren't able to provide it. And I think that this is just textbook and really does tell a lot 
um, about what's going on down there in New South Wales. So I'll throw to you, General. Do you have any thoughts on Mr. Mr. Brad Hazard and some of his behaviour this week and what it means for some of these people that are going into harder lockdown in New South Wales with these clowns um, at the forefront of the messaging? Yeah, it's full on, isn't it? I mean, he's the guy that when um, those students from that uh, privileged school we talked about got got jabbed and uh, he was up on the press conference showing his arrogance then, you know, saying it happened, uh, move on or get over it, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> and then he right. walked off. Like, this is this this is him. This is Brad the health hazard. Like, I love that you called him that. That's fantastic. <laughs> I, I was, that was awesome. Good pun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, again, it... it it just reiterated this whole thing, and that's why I wanted you to go over this one of this particular documents, uh, sorry, articles. And actually, I wouldn't mind going over that. Um, I know you just mentioned it briefly then too, but the Danny Andrews, the the poo hoax, that's another one I wouldn't mind you heading into in a second as well. I kind of forgot about that one, sorry, man. Um, but it kind of again, it, it reiterates my point that all of this COVID narrative is is baseless. It is not based in any facts. They can't provide documentation. Not only can they not provide documentation that there's an actual virus that exists, they can't provide documentation that proves all the things that they're doing to us are based on any kind of health advice or, you know, that, that um, these lockdown measures or if they're going to extend it, if they're going to do whatever restrictions. And like you said, they're going to even harsher restrictions now in, in New South Wales with the entire state being placed on lockdown. I mean, again, none of this is based on anything. It's all baseless. They can't provide any documentation that backs up the shit that they're doing. And it fucking pisses me off. That's what that's what I think of it, man. If you, it, yeah. I, I rage thinking about this, you know. And yeah, you got this... It's all, this it's all a big clown prick. show, mate. Yeah, arrogant prick of a clown. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And, and, and we're seeing that people are fed up. They're starting to ask, well, where's the, the proof for this? Where's the evidence? And... I want to make note, you know, there was a great comment from one of my members um, on the website, uh, Hamish. He actually said, well, you know, do we fall into the trap then with the way that this is going that we're saying, well, you don't have any proof and justification. Then then if they produce fake proof, then we, you know, go along with it. Is it a, is it a certain trap? And I think that's important to note that, you know, when I use the term justified and proof and evidence, we know that there's no evidence to all of this. But what we're talking about is within their own fake narrative, they can't even produce justification for their fake narrative, even if the justification's fake. You see, that's how flimsy this mm. argument is. So that's important to note. You know, the justification it means different things to different people. But for me, it's like, well, if you're going to put on this theatre show, at least do the work, have the documents, have something that people can read and, and not understand in your biblical scientific language that you use for only the priests who, who learn that language to understand. You do that, but they don't even do that. And this was a case, we've seen this um, with Victorian Premier Dan Andrews, who just locked all of Victoria down over one case, as we, we were speaking about, I believe, potentially the last show, or it's happened since then. And... I think it's um, Wangaratta is a is a rural uh, town outside of Victoria, and this was according to their own words. And I even got a screenshot from 3AW uh, Radio in Melbourne there. And this is another article on tottnews.com. You can check out all the information there. Um, it says that this decision that 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 um, 
when they test all the sewerage, they test and they find all of the supposed coronavirus tainted poo that leads to all of these case numbers, they actually said on 3RW that this sewerage result that happened in uh, Wangaratta was the sole reason for the decision to place the entire state into lockdown. It was the source for this. This was their words, not mine. But then it comes out just a, a few days later, and, and I'm glad that more people picked up on this, that this wasn't the case. And when you checked local media reports, uh, the local mayor, Dean Rees, he was actually challenging the chain of events. He was actually speaking with their local radio, which I've left a link to as well. Um, Kylie and Kev, their name is, typical radio uh, personalities. <laughs> but uh, they were talking to the Premier, and they, they've even got an article on their website, the Premier got it wrong. And they even have a quote from him. Um, they were talking about, as Victorians enter into another snap lockdown, it has been revealed the Wangaratta's sewerage test has come back negative. Premier Dan Andrews, in announcing the seven-day lockdown in a media conference on Thursday, stated sewerage water in Wangaratta had been pinged with positive traces of COVID-19. That's right, General. They're finding the boogeyman within our poo. And yep. it actually goes on to say, well, this isn't the result. It come back. At first, it was a false positive, And then three other tests after that were negative. And he has a quote from me. He said, so if the Premier is locking down all of the country areas because of misinformation from his staffers, it does pose a bit of a problem. And that's the local mayor. And they were crying out in this local region, millions of, of regional Victorians locked down for no reason based off of this false narrative. And it had to come out. It, it gained more traction. And Dan Andrews had to admit that, you know, this was false and then shift the narrative and say, oh, well, it doesn't matter. We've got other cases everywhere and blah, blah, blah. But when you go back and you follow the narrative, their own narrative, this was the sole reason to begin with that uh, locked the state down. And now they're using supposed cases that spread from that fake case as the reason to keep them locked down and they're avoiding the original source. But if the original story is not true, then where did the rest of the cases come from? Am I missing something here? Mm. So you see how it's just this perpetual Orwellian narrative where, you know, they, they can just say whatever they want, but it's it's really good that more and more people are, are demanding evidence and proof. Local mayors, especially in Sydney and in all of these locations, Victoria, as we just mentioned, they're coming out and saying, well, come on, what are you locking all our people down for? Because mayors generally don't have much say or power in anything so they they're coming out you know criticizing this but it just highlights it mate i'm glad more people are asking these questions but from new south wales to victoria and queensland which we just spoke about in the last segment there's just this constant perpetual narrative all across the country that uh, when you look into it doesn't have any basis of evidence mate mm, yeah um it's and that's what kind of shits me i mean i'm kind of glad that people are approaching you know, their local MPs or government or mayors and things and probably putting some pressure on them. Well, they're probably seeing the pressure themselves in their own community with everything fucking closed and, you know, everyone's going out of business and shit and it's hurting them. So now they're, they're starting to get some balls and they're going, well, show us the evidence for this. Where's the evidence? You know, you've done this to us. Pro prove to me that you had a reason to do that. And they, they're not able to... They can't. They're not given any proof. They're not given the documents. They're, 
Are they just telling you to shut up and stop asking questions and just go along with it? Well, people are at a breaking point. Isn't that right, Andy? Like, they've had enough. People can't keep doing this based on nothing. People have had enough. Yeah, big time, General. Yeah, I know a lot of business people that are really ready to throw their hands up. <laughs> mm. uh, um, yeah, and going into the our local shopping centre, like in the middle of all of this, people in the lunch bars who are operating, you know, takeaway joints and, you know, like just small business people. Man, it's just you feel it from them, hey. And um, just, I just sort of try and talk to all of them. I said, man, we just all got to break out of this. You've got to take your mask off. You have to step out of your boundary just a little bit. And, and you start off by operating your business by taking your mask off for a start. And and then you'll have to get to the point where you've got to take off those QR code sheets from the front door of your premises. You've got to start moving towards you know, changing this up or we'll just potentially just like, you know, like roll on forever. Mm. So it does need the people and especially business people to step up to the mark a little bit, you know. Um, but, yeah, look, honestly, I try, I try and talk to everyone. But um, Well, they need the backing, yeah. Andy. They need, fair enough if, yeah, we want them to do it and stand tall and, and have a bit, of, a bit of show of solidarity and stuff. But they need they need some backing behind it. They need a bit of weight behind it from, you know, local government and or a mayor or you know someone else who's going to if the you know if some if the police come then they're going to stand up for them and say well you know or you know or we're going to have a chat to the police you know if imagine if the mayor goes and has a chat to the to the police or something you know and says you know look i know these folks you know they're going to go and open the store they're not going to make masks they're not going to have qr codes don't do anything about it you know what i mean like if they're on their side you know that's what they need they need more of this sort of band together kind of thing and stand up for each other and, and just move on without it, you know, because fair enough, we want them to stand as tall, like I said, stand tall, you know, open your business, no masks, no QR codes, you know, be be that kind of people. And that's awesome if they're doing that, but, um, you know, they they need a bit of armor to protect them from, from something that could happen if it goes pear-shaped. Collective. You know? It needs to be a collective thing. Mm. You know, it's not much point in you, one, one shop doing it on your own that's when right. everyone else is all all following this bullshit, yep. you know, and that's that's the problem. There's not there's not unity amongst our people to actually collectively push back against this whole scam, mm. Mm. mainly because of the propaganda coming from the TV that keeps them locked into that, like, psychological state. But, you know, I'm just, I, I mean, I'm constantly thinking how much, how much is enough for you people? What What point are you going to call it? Like when you've really had enough, you know, mm. like when you, when you, when your kids are all dead or, you know, like your parents have all been kid, killed from pharmaceutical products that they've shoved into their arm. Why, like how much is, when's enough is enough when you can't pay your mortgage, when you can't pay your, you know, your business debts and you're all out on the street. Is that going to be enough? Is that where it's at? Mm. I'm just, I'm wondering where, where, where this line in the sand is drawn with Australians. Because obviously we haven't had enough. There hasn't been enough pain yet because, like, you just need to walk around the, the streets and the shopping centres to see all the masked-up people. They're just happily following along the agenda. So and maybe, mm. maybe we do need a bit more of a kick in the ass to actually, like, get ourselves awoken. Well, but, it's interesting. Um, it's interesting, mate. You know, it's, it's crazy what's happening at the moment. And I think that Sydney is a really good example of just watching to see where that's going at the moment. You know, the... 
New South Wales Police Commissioner was saying, you know, more harder lockdowns because there's just so many rule breakers down there. Gladys was on TV this morning saying, no, people are just pretending to not know the rules. Like they're really starting to get angry because, and you know, might even not be Australians. One of the one of the great benefits of multiculturalism, you know, one of them I've got criticisms of it as well. But one of the benefits is that we have people here that understand what tyranny is. They understand countries that have fallen, that they you know, their ancestors or their parents or grandparents have been in. They're not a young country like laid back Australia, which really hasn't had any issues yeah, or, or even during major wars. They've you come know? from yeah, they've come from places where they've already suffered oppression. <laughs> they've come here to get away from that's it. it. Yeah. Exactly. And what we see in Sydney now is that, that that's huge multicultural communities there where they're really trying to to get in there to try and stop this resistance. And I think that this is a really good test case because Fair enough if Australians won't do it and we can discuss why, you know, the typical Aussie larrikin, you know, won't do it until it's right directly in his face. That's generally the the perception of Aussies. But these communities, they're, they're really not. They've got strong religious and moral ethics, which, you know, still remain in their communities, which is lost within Australia and the rest of the world. And they're going to stand true and true against governments that they don't trust and know that don't have their interests at best heart. And now they're sending in more troops. They're making even more ridiculous, um, you know, on-the-spot fines now for, you know, huge on-the-spot fines for not have, carrying your papers with you, changing legislation down there that you have to provide medical exemptions, all this stuff. It's um, it's crazy what's happening there. So to your point, Andy, you know, when will be enough? I think Sydney is a really good testing point to see how far they're going to continue to drive this because we really haven't seen stuff like this um, in Australia. In Victoria, we saw heavy-handed tactics, you know, with protesters going out in the city and everything, but we didn't see, you know, them invading suburbs with the military and, and continuing that since, you know, the end of July now. It's, it's, it's unbelievable what's going on. So that might be a very good uh, tipping point to see how, how much is it going to take, Andy? Well, you know, Sydney's a very good um, case study of that, mate. Yeah. Um, just quickly, too, I'm just interested in, in what's happening in New South Wales. Like, we've been watching Victoria, you know, bumble along with this, like, whole thing and, and thought that Victoria was the epicentre of this whole <clears throat> New World Order, for lack of a better word. But, like... The lattice bearer jinkling has like really stepped up in the last couple of months in regards to rolling out this whole thing. What is the, like, and I'm trying to look behind the scenes, what's the tap on the shoulder all about? Is it because, um, you know, the vaccine rollout has been a bit of a failure? Has she had the tap on the shoulder from, you know, her overlords, you know, <laughs> from the pharmaceutical world who who are basically trying to, Enforce if they can't if they can't promote mass vaccination and put the enough fear into the community so that people rush out and get it on mass to the levels that they want to. Are they now? Has she been tapped on the shoulder to basically say, "Well, you've failed in your marketing program. Now, now I want you to roll out, you know, like the heavy hitters to drag this, get these numbers up." You know? Yeah, um, yeah. Who knows, mate? It's interesting. Like it's it's almost as if. 
they've realised that these strong multicultural communities in Western Sydney and stuff, because, you know, I come from the suburbs up here and I've been to a lot of suburbs across the country, but Western Sydney is just a whole different beast. It's almost like that is the epicentre of resistance. It's where the most illegal guns are, the most gangs are, the most multicultural people are. It's almost as if it's been targeted to your point, you know, a tap on the shoulder. It could be pharmaceutical lords, whoever it is, Chinese lords. We know that she has great ties to China and has been to a lot of conferences. People say, you know, commie Dan. Look at um, Gladys's uh, connections to China as well. Maybe there's, um, with this pharmacological social credit, this new world order that's coming in, they realise that that is potentially a first line of defence for all those reasons, mate. Maybe it's switched well, yeah, but I, I just, I'm just detecting a massive like desperation from that mm-hmm. New South Wales government. It's Stinks. almost like they've got a, like a gun pointed to the back of their head, saying, "If you don't get this sorted out, if you don't get this rolling out the way we want it to, we'll we'll start shooting you people, right? So you better start doing it." So they roll out old has-beens like Hazard. I mean, this bloke is. Is, is really, what a piece of work. I mean, he has not got any intelligence. Nothing intelligent can be come from his mouth. The only thing he's got in, like, to defend this whole scam is bullying tactics mm. and just a nasty, foul mouth. There's, there's, there's nothing that he says that is people would go, oh, yeah, okay, that sounds reasonable. No, 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 no. It's like put down, shut up, do as I say, you know, and... and um, and, and nothing more from this bloke. He's an absolute disgrace. Yeah, all ego, all just, yeah, pompous. He's perfect for their, their system, whether yeah. he's an actor, whether he's involved in the power structure. He is typical textbook. You know, you could put him in a room with George Soros and all these people and he just fit in perfectly. You know what I mean? He gives off that vibe, it seems. Same as McCowan from WA, the premier over there. Yeah. So and rude and so arrogant. Arrogance is just like is on a on a on a new level, absolutely hypered level of arrogance. And of course, Dan Andrews too. But Dan Andrews is, should be an expert at it by now. But these these other people that are stepping up is just incredible. Yeah. No, you're right, mate. In general, what do you think like about that comment? You know that they've got a gun to people's heads. It it almost seems that way down there, mate. Like it's it's they they they're coming in so like. Gladys has said that she's openly said, and I've published on this on TOTTnews.com as well, that they're not going to lift these restrictions in, until there's a 50% vaccination rate. You know, they announced a month, month-long month military lockdown, which is just about to get worse halfway through. Like, crazy stuff going on. It does seem that, you know, Andy's on the money there, and they're not going to do it until they're not going to release it until these vaccine rates get up. Yeah, definitely. that's the gun. That's the gun to their head. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, it's it. It's it. It's almost not even metaphorical. It's. <laughs> I mean, considering they've got military and more police presence than any other state in the country, I think um, you know on yeah. the streets now. Um, it's 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 not even really a metaphorical gun to the head. It's <laughs> they've got like full on firepower down there, really. You know, in people's faces, a mm. massive show of force, which is really like the you know like 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 pointing at pointing a weapon at someone and saying, you know, get back in your home, go and get tested, go and get the vaccine. And then when we hit that amount, whatever amount we say we're happy with, then we'll let you out or, you know, then we'll move on or then we'll roll out the vaccine passport. And then you'll, you'll do the next thing that we say, basically. Um, 
so desperate. So it, desperate. it is. It is, and, and that's what Danny, my wife, and I say. It, the the desperation is so clear now that they are pushing this so hard. It is so in your face, and it is so ridiculous the shit they're coming out with. The headlines and the news, you, the constant headlines that we see pop up on uh, you know, our phones and social media and stuff, and it's 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 that ridiculous that it's and it's so, but it's so it's such a good weapon. You know what I mean? That they're using all of this massive amount of propaganda and these articles and, you know, labeling people or this, that, and the other. Um, you know, like they've weaponized terms. Like Adam from Craswell's always says they've weaponized these terms. You know what I mean? They've weaponized the term anti-vaxxer and all that sort of stuff. And um, I wanted to... What's the, the thing they're talking about now? The biggest, the latest talking point, boys? Um, I think mainly coming out of the States, we're hearing this, but we're hearing it here now as well, um, that this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. That's the one. Yeah. A pandemic of the unvaccinated. Well, I wanted to flip that on its head and I wanted to say that what we're actually facing now is we're actually starting to face a pandemic of the vaccinated because these are the people that are getting sick and that's evident. There's, there is evidence for that all over the world right now that the people who mm-hmm. are getting sick and have... And, and remember, folks, if you've only had one of the doses of the vaccines, you are classed as unvaccinated. You're, they don't class you as being a vaccinated person. You are classed as unvaccinated if you've only had the one dose. Um, so people need to remember that. So when you ha- start to see things in the news coming out saying, you know, it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated and look at, you know, this another victim of the of um, COVID-19. And then when you realize they might stay somewhere, oh, they've only had one dose you know, buried deep in the article or someone will say it on social media and be like, oh, no, that was my grandmother. She had one dose already. She wasn't, un-, you know, and it always comes out that these people have had one dose of this thing. You know, it's not it's not COVID-19 that's killing them. It's the fucking vaccines that's killing them. Um and I don't mean to sort of sway off topic a bit too much there, boys, but that's just one thing I kept saying because they've weaponized these terms like the, it's a pandemic of the, of the unvaccinated. But it's actually a pandemic of the vaccinated. And I wanted to reiterate that point because that's the only illness we're seeing lately, guys, is is people um, you know, being who are suffering vaccine injuries. Uh, it's through the roof at the moment. They're, they're really ramping it up in the US with that type of stuff. I saw mm. an article title that said, the unvaccinated are bringing about a second holocaust. And I, well, I didn't know the first one happened. <coughs> sorry. <laughs> Something in my throat there. So sorry, mate. I was just grumbling there. If you um, want to hear more, go and join TOGT <laughs> News as a member. <laughs> <laughs> ding, ding. Um, but yeah, they're like that's the level of propaganda mm. that it's mm. uh, coming to, mate. You know, that they're saying. And, and one of the, the key things that they said, this is the narrative now, is that the, the, um, the virus is outpacing the effect effective vaccines they've changed the language now to effective vaccines the effectiveness is only as much as we can you know keep up to suppress it within uh, the populace but if you all don't get vaccinated it's just going to keep morphing and mutating it's more just inversion mate mm-hmm. absolutely yeah yep. ridiculous big time yeah so i kind of wanted to every time we we and i think we need to keep putting that out in there every time that we see evidence of you know what we would determine as a clear vaccine injury with you know, from a COVID nineteen shot. I think we need to, you know, reiterate on social media and keep pumping the the flip. We need we need to invert it on them. Yeah, you know, they've inverted it all all on us. We need to bring that back and invert it on them now. And we need to keep promoting the idea that 
and keep pushing the terminology of it's a pandemic of the vaccinated and, and you know because they've 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 stolen that off us basically and, and called it the unvaccinated because they're trying to flip it on us but we need to just we need to re-own that and, and bring it back to our side and use that as a weapon against them uh yeah, every time we sure. see that in, in uh yeah it's in, just in social media it's just sad to see you know the public divided over that stuff where it's sort of becoming a war type of thing you know what i mean it's well, like if we are even, at war, even, mate. that well that's <laughs> it you know but you know against the public it, it's sad to to see that you know i'm i'm more of the the message of I, I sort of try to say to people once you cut through the logic it's it's at the at the end of the day it's ultimately you care about my health not your own health and once they go through the vaccine logic you know like well you can still catch the virus. You can still pass it on to vulnerable people that might not be able to get vaccinated. So can I. So you're really only concerned about me dying because you won't get severe illnesses and, and die from it. So let me have my freedom of choice and you have your freedom of choice and we'll go on with our lives, you see. And once mm. they start to realize, well, hang on a minute, I'm just appealing to mass consensus and authority. But, you know, they see that it's 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 crazy, you know, but it's just it's wild to see that. It was crazy to what read it in history books happen, you know, the dividing of, of cultures and, and social engineering of people. And it, it's even more wild to see it manifest in real time. Mm, you know? Absolutely. But yeah, as you said, we are at war. I'm not, I'm not denying that. I'm not saying we're not. But um, yeah, yeah. it's just crazy to see, you know, that they're jacking terms. Yeah. They're saying the unvaccinated are a class of citizens now. All these things we said would come, but... You know, it's really starting to manifest. It's and just, uh, I, and I agree. Time. I agree with you, man. Like, I hate the fact that it it has caused a divide and a split between the between the two. You know, and, you know, there's there's the for and against and all that sort of stuff. But look, and we look. Andy mentioned that how many months? Fuck, oh, probably over a year ago now. You know, the, the, we talk about the great split, the great divide. I mean, yeah. you got you got to yeah. kind of look at it that way. There's there's always there's a yin and yang. There's always two sides. Um, and we're kind of being, you know, that line in the sand has been drawn. We've got our side of the fence. We're on this side of the war. Um, and it really is a war of information, a war for our minds, you know, um, to quote Alex Jones. But that's it. Well, me uh, and Andy did our, our great split podcast. You did, yes. Our member circle in May of 2020, you know, so it's been over a mm -hmm. year, a little bit longer, you know, longer months mm -hmm. past mm -hmm. that where we were saying that. And I even did another podcast recently the great split re-examined and one of the things that was generally found is that most of the perspectives haven't changed since the original podcast you know i would hope over that time that things would change but it just seems that uh, the same outcome i is think they were kind of reinforced to be honest that's it you know yeah. it, it seems even more clearer today so i agree mm. yep yeah. um we can, might can i just chime in just quickly please do just a little bit just uh, on that on that point there too, as this vaccine rolls out, like I'm noticing people who've had the well, it's not a vaccine. Anyone who's had the genome therapy, mm -hmm. like, is really really invested in it now. I don't know if you boys have noticed it too, but the, so the level of aggression from people who've had who've had this genome therapy inserted into them are really really on board with it because they've invested in yeah, it right and they they'll defend they own it. they own it they, they they're so into it now that like and it's been amped up to a new level of hatred who anyone to anyone who doesn't think and do like what they do and that's that's been like the big change in australians in the last six months in my opinion over to you general 
Yeah, no, well, I agree, mate. That's uh, it's a cult. It's that, a cult. It is. Yeah, it is definitely a cult of the vaccinated. They'll defend, they'll defend it to the death, mate. They'll mm. even people that get vaccinated and get injured from it are, are defending it. You know, they still defend it. Oh, we've got to protect ourselves from the virus. You know, my <laughs> debilitating heart inflammation is. You know, that's uh, it's it's better than the long term heart inflammation from the virus. You oh, know? Mate, like it's my favorite is. Um, you know, if I oh, if I didn't get the vaccine, it would have been worse. You know, you have no way of knowing that, fuckstick. You know, like, yeah, <laughs> that's the dumbest yeah. thing I've ever heard. But here's here's a, a headline. I <laughs> I shared this in in a little in our little Telegram group, which you're not in, but I'll have to put it in the in the Discord for you guys. Uh, this is a headline out of out of the Hill from America. Fully vaccinated man dies of COVID nineteen. Daughter says he was cautious. That's the headline. In the first paragraph, it says, A woman's fully vaccinated father died from COVID-19. Doctors said the condition of the father could have been worse if he was not vaccinated at all. So apparently, <laughs> there's a fate worse than death, boys. <laughs> Seriously, fully vaccinated worse, man dies of COVID-19, but apparently it could have been worse if he wasn't vaccinated. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> this is the shit we're dealing with. This is what I mean. With these fucking articles that come out, and people just, like, a, a, a person who's not awake would read that and go, yeah, that's true. No, <laughs> dickhead. You know what I mean? Like, think for a minute. You, fuck. It's it's so powerful. You know what I mean? That messaging and the and the constant bombardment, bombardment it is it is this weaponized media that is just in people's faces 24-7. And it's, it's overwhelming to the point where they... They they don't want. To, I don't think they they kind of just give up and don't want to think for themselves, and they're just happy to have people tell them, you know, on on the pro side, of course, you know, of, of the of all this scandemic, um, they're just happy to have them, you know, give them all the information. Oh, how many cases in New South Wales today? Oh, another four hundred odd. Oh man, I had money on three fifty. You know, like that. That's yeah. where they're at now. They're almost they're putting bets on on how many cases there are instead of actually really questioning and going cases. Fucking cases, my ass. Cases means nothing, by the way, folks. You remember that. Just because someone has a case, it means zero. Uh, yeah. yeah, and it's 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 just constant behaviour, mate. Mm. You know, we've seen it just continuously ramp up over the last eighteen months, and the, and that just continues. You know, yeah, big time. Hey, I wanted to just switch gears before we wind it up for uh, for this episode too, right? So, um, it would have gone to all my Patreon people as of about four o'clock. Um, so they are getting. The uh, exclusive first listen to the awesome track, which will be used for the intro and outro of the General Knowledge Podcast coming season four. Uh, Nige has given us the final product of that song. Um, you guys have already heard it. Uh, other than you guys, it's pretty much just my Patreon people now who uh, have exclusive access to that one, uh, to that track. So I gave it to them because... Uh, they support what we do, so head over to patreon.com forward slash Real News Australia and uh, join up over there. Uh, but Nige, when he when he sent me that that information, he also sent me this, and he goes, "What do you make of this?" And then um, he sent me a link to Amazon's terms of service, right, for what uh, something they call their lum- uh, lumberyard engine, like some software that they have, right. I don't know if you guys have come across this before, but I'm going to read this to you. So section 42, number 10. I'm going to skip down a little bit here, but it talks about acceptable use um, and safety critical systems and stuff of this lumberyard engine and the materials. Uh, So it's a software engine, right? So it says here, 
You know, lumberyard materials are not intended for the use with life-critical or safety-critical systems, such as in use or operation of medical equipment, automated transportation systems, autonomous vehicles, aircraft or traffic control, nuclear facilities, blah, blah, blah. And then it goes on to say this. It says, However, this restriction will not apply in the event of the occurrence certified by the United States Centers for Disease Control or successor body of a widespread viral infection transmitted via bites or contact with bodily fluids that causes human corpses to reanimate and seek to consume living human flesh, blood, brain, or nerve tissue, and is likely to result in the fall of organized civilization. <laughs> They've actually got that in their terms of service. They talk about a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> have, you, have, you, have you seen this? Have you come across this before? No, no. I mean, I, I don't. Is it? I mean, is it just some of their one of their their programmers taking the piss, or do they actually put weight in this? So, like, I have no idea. I just thought it was fucking hilarious, though. Yeah, well, we saw a lot of people were tipped off about the the impending pandemic, you know, to reduce losses and stuff in Wall Street. You know, who knows that uh, sneaky terms and conditions weren't <laughs> uh, added into. Things in advance, general. Yeah, crazy stuff, hey. I just thought he said it to me. He's like, "Man, what do you th- what do you make of this?" I'm like, "Fuck, I have no idea." Like, and he goes, "Oh," but he he actually goes, "Oh, maybe it's linked to, you know, maybe they're referring to like that prions disease caused by the mRNA vaccines." He's like, "You know, could that cause people to fucking go crazy and like mad cow kind of shit, you know, and start eating human flesh, you know, like caused by the COVID nineteen vaccine?" That's what he was kind of alluding to, and like. <laughs> Well, mate, fuck, who knows? Maybe you're right. Maybe Amazon is onto something here. Um, but I just found that was quite funny. So I just put that boys now in our, in our little podcast uh, messenger chat there so you can have a look, have a look at that screenshot. Um, yeah, just funny. Something I just wanted to end the, the show with a little bit of uh, light humor there. <laughs> Andy, um, I know they hide a lot of shit in terms of service and uh, end user license agreements and shit, man. But what do you, what do you make of that zombie apocalypse uh, prediction? I'm just, I'm reading it. Now, someone has to be taking the piss here, surely. I mean, surely. I mean, really. Why else would you put that tucked away in some sort of, you know, halfway through uh, the fucking I mean, terms of service? I mean, a, wide, a widespread viral infection transmitted via bites or contact with bodily fluids that causes human corpse to reanimate? <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> I know, it's pretty funny, nah. eh? But hey, uh, maybe, awesome. maybe that's just what these people are thinking. So they want to be uh, make sure that they're actually covered in their terms of service. So if you're using uh, this software engine, uh, it's it's okay to use it in uh, in that kind of scenario. <laughs> <laughs> crazy shit, oh, crazy unbelievable, shit. Unbelievable, man. Yeah. I'll yes. put I'll put that screenshot in the in the show notes for people and a link to it as well for them to have a look at. Awesome. <laughs> uh, anything okay. else, gentlemen? I, I did. Well, I won't, I won't go over it on this show. I might save it for the next one. Um, but I did put up an article uh, yesterday uh, at realnewsradio.com. COVID-19 adverse event underreporting. Uh, so there's a bit of information there just talking about uh, some of the underreporting, what it all means there. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I think we'll go over that. We'll save that for another time because we're pushing about an hour and a half now. So we might wrap it up there, gentlemen. Uh, unless anyone else has anything you want to bring to the table for this one, Ethan, are you good? No, general. Think we've uh, covered everything. Just encourage everyone to head over to the websites, tottnews.com, realnewsaustralia.com, to check all the latest information. Awesome. Head over. Yep. Make sure you join up. If you're not already a member of Ethan's page, you're missing out. 
Likewise, if you're not a member of my Patreon, we've got uh, a bunch of bunch of shows and uh, all sorts of gear over there for people to to get. Just as a little treat for supporting what we do, you get an extra bonus content show, pure podcast, and a other stuff just for you guys. Uh, I've got a guest coming up this Wednesday night. He's also one of the supporters, but he's also done a documentary as well. Uh, Mr. Sam Hansen is uh, joining me for the for a chat. He did a docu- uh, documentary on it's on YouTube. It's available now. People can go watch. It's about uh, like the history of sort of money and uh, yeah, great uh, okay. Yeah, have you, oh, have you actually you watched that one? Have you? Oh yeah, for yeah, sure. it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's um, great doco by Sam. I published it on uh, TOTT News when it was released. Back oh, good. In the day. Yeah, it was like three years ago or something, I think, or, or something like that. Anyway, yeah. Um, but yeah, so he's going to come on for a chat about the documentary, um, but also where we're going into the future from here too. And I also took, that's where I've kind of been focusing on a little bit um, in the bonus content show. I had a chat to John Hamer about, you know, the history of money and all that sort of stuff too. Uh, you know, the power brokers behind it all, but where it's going in future. And I wanted to kind of get Sam's take on it as well, uh, where this is all heading in the future as well with regards to things like, you know, central bank digital currencies. And, um, you know, could, could what I'm going to pose to him is, could this entire scamdemic that we're going through right now is this quite simply just a sideshow to help roll out, you know, these this global currency switch um, that could be coming in the future? Um, you know, is this just is this the catalyst they're using to kind of to push all that forward, that part of the agenda? I mean, we know that that's part of their agenda. That's definitely what they want. Uh, but is this what we're going through right now? So I'm going to pose that question to him. We'll see what he has to say about that. So that'll be exclusive to the the Patreon only though. So if you want to get on board with that one, um, yeah, I think it's. Right about, I think it's in US, it's about seven bucks a month. Look, if you just want to join for a month, listen to them all and come back a couple months later, I don't care. That's awesome. Little, any little bit helps. It's 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 really good to have any any of you guys on there support what I do. But that's enough about me flapping my gums for this episode, boys. We might wrap that one up there. That is uh, season three, episode 21. We are nearing the end of the season with only about uh, three, probably three more episodes to go. You have been listening to the General Knowledge Podcast. Please show your support for alternative independent media in Australia and join our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash real news Australia. of nature, Mr. Beale, and I won't have it. You are an old man who thinks in terms of nations and peoples. There are no nations. There are no peoples. There are no Russians. There are no Arabs. There are no third worlds. There is no West. There is only one holistic system of systems. One vast and immane interwoven, interacting, multivariate, multinational dominion of dollars. It is the international system of currency which determines the totality of life on this planet. That is the natural order of things. For themselves and less for everybody else. But I'll tell you what they don't want. They don't want a population of citizens capable of critical thinking. They don't want well-informed, well-educated people capable of critical thinking. They're not interested in that. That doesn't fucking place. It's a big club, and you ain't in it.
You and I are not in the big club. Am I getting through to you, Mr. Beagle? You get up on your little 21-inch screen and howl about America and democracy. There is no America. There is no democracy. There is only IBM and ITT and AT&T and DuPont, Dow, Union Carbide, and Exxon. Those are the nations of the world today. The world is a college of corporations, inexorably determined by the immutable bylaws of business. The world is a business, Mr. Beale.